0: Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. Today we're going to talk about Job's lament. A lament is a cry out to the Lord, a song of grief. A depressed person feels like there's a cloud over his or her head. You know, there's different kinds of depressions. There's situational depression. It affects your mood, and you might not feel as good as you usually do, and it comes and goes. And then there's clinical depression, where it's a deeper depression. It's a chemical imbalance in your brain. I was interested to find out that according to the National Institute of Mental Health, 2019 statistics, 17.3 million people had a major depressive episode. And that represents 7.1% of United States adults. And this is happening after the development of a lot of antidepressants. But this is what surprised me the most in this study. The prevalence of adults with a major depressive episode was highest Among the individual aged 18 to 25, 18 to 25-year-olds, is the biggest demographic of depressed adults. Worldwide, the number is over 250 million people who struggle with depression. It's a terrible disease. It gets a hold of you, and it doesn't easily let go. And... It's the clinical depression that's the hardest to shake, and sometimes that takes medical intervention. Today, we're going to continue in looking at Job, Finding Hope and Suffering. Today's sermon is entitled, Why Was I Ever Born? He actually says that. Remember, Job had a great business, a blessed family, good health, and Job lost all those things to the hand of Satan, who hated Job. The Satan is the actual way that it would be pronounced in Hebrew, the accuser, hates anything that is of God or from God. Satan hated Job because Job loved and served Yahweh. So through a series of heavenly conversations, God gave Satan permission to attack Job's business, attack his family, and finally attack his health. Job was on top of the world, Now we find him by himself sitting among the garbage bins using pieces of pottery to scratch the painful ulcers that covered his entire body from head to toe. His wife couldn't take it anymore. She wished Job would just get over it and die. His three friends, Elpiphaz, Bildad, and Zophar are sitting with him in the dirt for seven days without saying a word. We're going to talk more about his friends next week. But today we find Job, who had everything with nothing. And this is what he said. I came naked from my mother's womb. I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had. The Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. But that was before he lost his health. See, suffering is bad enough. But you throw in health issues It's a whole other ball game. So Job now opens his mouth, but he doesn't curse God. Now remember, that was the whole plan of Satan. God, take away your hand of protection because there was a hedge of protection around Job, his family's health. Satan says, of course, God, he loves and serves you because you bless him. Take that away and he's gonna curse you. That was the whole thing, the poker game. But Job doesn't curse God. He curses the day he was born. So what I talk about today, I hope that you'll find hope in the suffering, because if anybody in here has suffered or is suffering with depression or anxiety disorder, these type of things, I hope that you will find the hope that I found in Jesus Christ. Suffering can lead to depression. I struggled with depression my entire life. I didn't know what it was. And many times I had suicidal thoughts, but I just tried to sweep them under the rug. And in 1991, when Jesus Christ rescued me, my life changed, but the way I did life didn't change that much. I was still a crazy perfectionist who had mood swings and was never satisfied I was still a workaholic who disguised it by using ministry as my scapegoat. So in 2004, shortly after my dad died, the dam broke. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't function. I received some prescribed anti-anxiety medication from the doctor, benzodiazepines. And within a few months, I became dependent. and The doctor later told me that Trying to get off benzos is worse than trying to get off heroin. The suicidal thoughts became real as I was trying to withdraw off this medicine. I knew something was really wrong. I was clinically depressed, and I couldn't just snap out of it. So while coming off the benzos, the doctor gave me some antidepressants. I never liked the way they made me feel, but I was learning And this is what god was trying to teach me a lot through this david trust me and don't try to be your own doctor i tried to control everything even what the doctor was trying to do and i had a dream one night i was on a gurney i was being wheeled into a surgery And I was trying so hard to get off the gurney because everybody around me needed help. And the doctor looked at me and said, David, you're the one who's sick. See, trying to save the world is a tough job. So it's about time that I would stop trying to be Jesus and get help. In Job's lament, we see major indications of depression. But before we go there, I want you to look at The shortest verse in the Old Testament, and it's in Job. And Job said, that's the verse. It's chapter 3, verse 2. So after seven days of silence, Job opens his mouth. The question is again, is he going to curse God? But he doesn't. He curses something else. Job opened his mouth and what? Cursed the day of his birth. Why was I ever born? What good am I? Now, may I remind you that God does not make mistakes? So, like Job, you might be questioning these things, but you have to go back to the fact that your Creator does not make mistakes. Okay? And this too shall pass. So, throughout this entire lament, Job doesn't curse God. So, Satan loses, God wins, but at Job's expense. Now, Job has to go through the rest of the trial, not to prove anything to God, because that was never the case, and it's never the case. Testing is not about proving something to God, it's about proving something to yourself that God wants to show you and reveal in your life. So, Job goes through the rest of this trial so that God can teach him one last thing, and we're going to find out what that is at the end of the book. But know this, life, is filled with tribulation. We all suffer, and through the suffering, God is trying to teach us something. For Israel, it was to trust God. For Paul, it was to reveal God's grace. For Peter, when Satan called him out by name, which by the way, when God calls a name, you must be doing something right. When Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But Jesus goes on, but I've prayed for you. And when you return, because Peter was going to fall, but when you come out of that, feed my sheep. Answer the call. Do God's will. Know who you are. You're not that old fisherman. You're a fisher of men. What can we learn through this last year of the pandemic? What is God teaching you? Maybe, like he taught me, the things that I took for granted can quickly be taken away. It's difficult to focus, though. And if anyone has gone through depression or knows someone who does, I want to give you some inside information. Depressed people have a really hard time concentrating. And the last thing a depressed person wants to do is read a book here's a book you should read mm, don't work can't concentrate because here's the thing as my counselor said to me david your foot's on fire and until we put the fire out on your foot you're not going to move forward job's foot is on fire his entire body is in pain he can't move forward until he begins to grieve and heal And thank God Job opened his mouth because the worst thing you can do is try to keep it in. You got to open your mouth and you got to talk and you got to be real. Job was feeling the dark cloud over his head when he says, let that day be turned to darkness. Let the darkness of my birth and utter gloom claim that day for its own. Let a black cloud overshadow it. That's how depression feels, like a black cloud. And it usually doesn't go away. It takes time. Now, I have to say that after about three years of that trial, God healed me. I was able to get off all medication. My psychiatrist was very impressed, I guess. He said, how did you do it? Because he said, usually people can't do what you just did, which is get off all the medication. Now, if you're on medication, please don't just stop like that. Cold turkey, that's not good. Talk to your doctor. But I told him, I said, well, God's grace and people praying for me. And he was impressed. He wasn't a believer. I remember one morning, I woke up and I heard the birds tweeting. I said, I must be getting better. Because I remember... Someone said this, and it's really good information and insight. They said, you'll begin noticing that the windows of good will be more than the windows of bad. Because at first, it's, the windows just bad. But then you'll see windows in your life where you'll hear the birds or you'll notice something that had been in a cloud of gray. Second, depression can lead to hopelessness. Before I ended up in rehab, I was seeing a psychiatrist. I felt like I was trying to give warning signs, but she wasn't listening to me. And there's nothing worse than when someone you think is there to help you doesn't listen to you, especially when they're your medical doctor. But I just came out and said to my psychiatrist, I said, I want to die. I don't want to live anymore. The pain is too much. I finally said it. And you know how this person responded? where is your faith? She knew I was a pastor and she pulled a where is your faith card, which really ticked me off because that's the last thing I needed to hear. And I started to believe her though. Am I losing my faith? But thank God, he listened to me and he said, David, you're not losing your faith. You're just losing hope. But everything's gonna be okay. See, there's a difference between hope And faith. Like hope is the fuel for your faith. But faith is the car and you're in the car and nobody's going to take you out of the car and you can't lose your car. But since hope is the fuel for your faith, you might not get very far for a while because depression can suck the fuel of hope from your car. Look what Job says. Let the day of my birth be erased. That's hopelessness. And that word erased is abad, which means to perish. In Revelation, you meet a character who goes by the name Abaddon, who is the destroyer, who is Satan, who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But he loses, and you win. Job had lost all hope. He was wondering, is my life ever going to return to normal? And here's what I want to say. Normal is a subjective word because everyone's normal is different. And when you go through something devastating, your normal might never be that normal. You might have a new normal. Like I think of people who lost their legs or get in a horrible accident and become bound to a wheelchair. Of course, they'll never get back to normal. Here's a story the article's called Losing a Leg but Gaining a Sense of Purpose. In 1987, Jack Richmond was driving a forklift at work when the vehicle overturned on him, crushing his leg below the knee. Initially, when they told me I would lose my leg, I was in denial. I said, what? Can't you fix it? But they just couldn't. He had a young family. They motivated him to get up and do something, So two months after the accident, he went back to the hospital. He said, you know, I want to talk to those other amputees and help them. And Jack remembers a young patient who, like Jack, had lost his leg below the knee. I came in and just started talking to him and said, you're going to get through this. You're going to survive. And he just started turning red with anger in his face. He says, look, I'm tired of people coming in here telling me that I'm going to be okay. That's when Jack realized he was wearing long pants. The young man didn't have any idea he was an amputee. So I put my leg over the side of the bed, pulled my pant legs up and said, about two years ago, I was in a room across the hall. He didn't say anything else, but tears started rolling down his face and he thanked me and I left. Jack, the guy who had his legs crushed, became a marathon runner after losing his leg. He ran the Boston Marathon in 2001 and now he works for a company that designs and tests prosthetic limbs. He says, you know, you're truly blessed when God gives you the opportunity to help someone else. That's our purpose in life. And sometimes the way you know your purpose is through suffering. I've shared this story before. My father lost his leg to diabetes and he had a prosthetic leg and they told him they were gonna have to amputate above the knee because he had more gangrene. And he didn't want that because then he wouldn't be able to wear the prosthetic leg. So we are in his hospital room before he's supposed to be wheeled to surgery. And he said, son, pray that God will heal my leg because I believe he can. I said, I know God can do anything. So we prayed. And as we're praying, his leg moved. And he said, did you touch my leg? I said, no. But I was praying that God would heal your leg. So they wheeled him down to the surgery. About 15 minutes later, the doctor comes out in his regular clothes and says, I don't know how to explain this, but that's not the same leg we saw yesterday. This leg is totally healed. Now, my father ended up passing away, but because of that incident, he became known as the miracle man at Hogue Hospital. And many people got saved, even people in my family. Our suffering sometimes can help other people if we're willing to. To go there. So never lose hope because God is still working in your life and He still does miracles. Third, hopelessness can lead to self destructive behavior. Hopelessness can lead to self destructive behavior. And I believe that statement in itself sums up a lot of what is going on in our world today, especially with our children. Imagine growing up in a world where you hear bad news every day and kids don't have the mental capacity to reason that out in a healthy way. Imagine hearing that in 10 years, 20 years, whatever the latest prediction is, the world is going to blow up and you're going to die unless you do something about it. Imagine hearing your friends make fun of you because of the way you look on a daily basis. Imagine seeing your friends shame you on social media or use it to take revenge against you. It seems like more and more I hear of kids who take their own life because of what someone said about them over the internet. Imagine hearing that if you're not happy with how God made you, just change. After all, it's your body, your choice. In fact, you don't even have to ask your parents' permission. Just do it. The devil is having a field day with their kids, and we got to do something about it. It's a health and humanity crisis. One of the things I learned a long time ago and became even more prevalent during the pandemic, if you don't want your kids to come back as Romans, don't send them to Rome to be educated. Job consecrated his kids to the Lord on a regular basis and Satan hated him for it. Take back your kids from the devil. Consecrate them to the Lord. Bring them to church. Pray for them every day. Give them to the Lord because in the end, they don't belong to you. Naked I came in the world, naked I go out. They belong to Jesus. And you pray for them, and you let God do his will in their life. I'll never forget the story. I heard uh, Jim Cimbala, pastor of a big church. He was in uh, Brooklyn, New York, called the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And his daughter had fallen away. And it's devastating. They had a prayer night every Wednesday night. And one woman would not stop praying. And she said, we're going to pray till your daughter comes home. We're not going to stop praying. We're not going to stop praying. Well, that one for a long time. One night, knock on his door. Opens the door. There stands his daughter with tears in her eyes. Who prayed for me? We were praying for you. Someone was praying for me because last night I, I was falling asleep and I felt like I was falling into this dark abyss and I couldn't get out. And that's when someone said, go home. Who's praying for me? God's grace and the prayers of his people. Do not stop praying. Consecrate your kids. Now, this next statement by Job, I believe, is a commentary on many people, especially our kids. They want to die, but death does not come. They search for death more than hidden treasure. That's how I felt. In 1991, when I prayed, God, if you're real, you have to show me, because Jim Morrison of the Doors was my idol, and I was going where he went. I wanted to die. I did things hoping I would die, but death did not come. Thank God death did not come, because he answered my prayer. God, if you're real, you have to show me. He rescued me from eternal death. The moment I came to faith in Jesus Christ, because here's the thing, salvation is the greatest antidepressant and grace is the best medicine. Grace is the best medicine. Quit condemning yourself. You're under God's grace. Be yourself. God made you. He rejoices over you. He sings over you. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. And for God's sake, turn out the news once in a while and open up the Bible. We're never alone. And I can talk to God. This is the greatest thing. Job opened his mouth and talked to God. And through you're going to see the conversation next week. where We're going to see him talking to God, talking to his friend. He's so honest. Be honest with God. Be real with God. Because here's the thing. Other people might not be interested, but God is very interested. And you know what the hidden treasure is? It's the Word of God. Read it. Believe it. Get plugged into a local church that teaches it. I promise you this. If you do your part, God is always faithful to do his. You know what your part is? Suit up and show up. That's what I did. In my lowest depression, I sat in the front row church. I couldn't preach. I couldn't sing. I couldn't do anything. Someone else was doing it. But I was there. And every time a song would come or a a word would come that would help me get through that day. It's important to have friends, and especially hope-filled friends, believers who struggle like you, but who will sit with you in the dirt, even by a garbage bin. One of my mentors who went to be with the Lord Jesus about a week ago, two weeks ago, Rick Muchow, hired me as a long-haired musician, one-year-old in the Lord, took a risk but taught me what it really meant to be a worship leader. It's not about the music, it's about the Lord, he'd say. More than music, we're a family. But if there were one thing, and this is what stuck out to me the most about my friend Rick, than anything else, he cared for people beyond what I could even imagine. I'll never forget, there was a guy in the worship team, and there were hundreds of people in the worship team. There was a guy who has fallen away and Rick did not give up pursuing him until he found him and brought him back home. And Rick was busy. Those are the friends I'm talking about. And those are the friends we need and we need each other. So I wanna tell you the cloud might be over your head, but the son of God shines forth like the break of day. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for the people who pray thank you for this church. Thank you for my friends. Thank you, Lord, for my wife and my family and all the blessings in my life. I take things for granted too easily. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but it's always for a good purpose because in the end, it's going to be way better anyway. So I love you, Lord, and I'm grateful for all that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason, so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com.